For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is that Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart, Luke 2.19. And I want to specifically thank Home Instead Senior Care for providing trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. We just love them over there. We're so grateful to have them as our sponsors for this show. And I am delighted to bring a guest today that I know you're going to love as much as we do. Our family just loves you, Pastor James Dill. Thank you for being on the show. What a joy to be with you, Kathy. God bless. I don't think there's a person in our family that just doesn't get excited to get a hug from you. So we are really, really happy to have you on the show today. And I can't wait to talk to you about some of this stuff. This moment, for the next little while, we're going to talk a little bit about your story and how you got there. When we cut, We're going to do two episodes today. The other one is going to be about this group that you started called Shepherd's Heart. And so we'll go into that in a minute. But I want to start with his story because I think if you're a pastor or a pastor's wife or if you're in a church, I think your story sheds so much light on what pastors face and how com- how much of a commitment it is for them and their wives. So I don't know where you want to begin. Oh, I should probably share some of your bio. Let's start there. So this is an amazing man who knows how to grow a church. God has used you to do that often, Pastor. And uh, you're not you're not the pastor of my own church. You're just my dear friend. And I I've been invited to call you James often and have done that. But over the years, I've just started calling you pastor. It just slips out that way because that's so much what your heart is about, sir. So I want to just give uh, I just want to give a little background. I'm gonna I'm gonna share a little bit. Pastor Dill has been pastoring for uh, since the 1970s. And he has grown at least three or four or five churches. I mean, not that you did it, but while you were in leadership, God grew those churches to to double, triple, quadruple. Like, it's amazing how God kept using you to do that. But And I, I just wanted to ask you of all the different things, like I didn't even want to have to list all the different uh, churches or the pastors that have taken those over after you because... That too is pretty impressive. But of all the things that you that God has used you to accomplish, what just name two things that are your favorite honors along the way, Pastor? Well, you know that that's a big question, and it, it would have a hold a lot of answers um, to that inquiry. But um, some of the greatest blessings I had was at the onset of my ministry, and um, whenever uh, I was transitioning from a baby in Christ in ministry to um, a seasoned pastor, and there are changes as you progress in the ministry. And um, probably the greatest season in my life and the learning 
uh, curve was whenever I uh, served as my in my first pastorate uh, in Northern California, and um, when I became extremely discouraged, and this is so important for not only pastors to hear, but also ministers' wives and those that are lay people as well. Yeah. We all grow discouraged in, in yeah. things, and, and I found somebody that was the key to my success was finding mm-hmm. someone that really did care for me, and that was a mentor that mentored me through the process of almost giving up. Wow. Wow. I think anybody that God calls to do anything for his kingdom will face discouragement. And I, I know that I've talked to so many people on the show and then fellow authors who tell me the same thing. They just felt like giving up. Yes. Yes. We have, And, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. And it's that there, are, there are seasons in your life. And um, all of a sudden you say, well, God, I'm at my wit's end. And I, mm-hmm. I know you know that, but that's biblical when it says wit's end. And Lord, I don't know how oh. to turn. And the Lord will say, hey, I'm going to take you to the brink, but I'm going to be with you always, Matthew 28 and 19. And so those times are growing, but also in those growing, there is growing pains that we all yeah. experience. Uh huh. That's ooh. That's a that's got to be a a meme. In the growing, there are growing pains. What a great way to put it. Well, okay. So my favorite. I'm gonna just jump right back to your bio and your and your credentials because I don't want to forget to say this. One of my favorite things that I think is a tremendous honor to you is you and Miss Linda raised a dear friend of mine, Susan Ellsworth, and she is awesome. Well, she came on the show, and so it's kind of rare for me to have two people from the same family on this show, but she came on, and I want to mention it to my listeners, my listening friends. Susan is my friend who is an oncology nurse, and she got breast cancer herself, as did Pastor Dill's wife, also got uh, breast cancer. They're both breast cancer survivors. So, so Susan, your daughter came on and talked about that and that show's gone crazy. In fact, I was trying to find the numbers on that and I didn't quite get that done before we came on air, but that, that show has been really popular. So if I can, if I can track that down while we're on air, I'll do that. But, uh, I just want people to know to look for it because, uh, it, it encouraged so many women to hear what an oncologist would say. And then, I mean, a nurse, an oncology nurse. And then she also shared what sometimes the doctors will ask her to go in and visit with patients. And she shares a little bit about, especially with couples after breast cancer, how to engage in sexual things and all that. And she just spoke so eloquently to that. Yeah. She was so, so elegant and beautiful in what she shared and very authentic. So I wanted to mention that while I had you on the air, because I know you're just so proud of that girl. Oh, so proud. So proud. Uh, She was a kind of person and is a kind of person that uh, I suppose because of all the conflict and the things that she's gone through, not only physically, but even growing up in a pastor's home, Mm. uh, there was always a greater challenge. And until you're a minister... And, uh, or if you have never been that route, it is a challenge. And, um, uh, she lived her life, even as a child, eight, nine, 10, 11 years of age. And when we would transition from one church to another, she was always such a positive person. And mm-hmm. also even in the early pre-teens, she was an encourager to us. And then all of a sudden, she, in her later age, not too long ago, she came down with the dreaded, were cancer. Mm-hmm. 
And this was very concerning to us. And a lot of times we just have to stand back under those conditions. And mm-hmm. you have to say, now, God, there's nothing we can do. We just give it to you. And, Lord, would you help her to turn it over mm-hmm. to you as well? Mm-hmm. And I observed her, and I've learned, I learned many, many lessons through crisis in life, because later on in life, my wife uh, had cancer as well. In fact, twice, one mm-hmm. lung cancer and then the other, other time breast cancer. So we have learned through this young lady, our daughter, and so proud to be called, uh, she is our daughter. Mm. Well, I know. And oh, you're 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 breaking up a little bit. So make sure you're speaking right into your mic, um, right. Pastor. I'm just so happy to have her in my life as my friend. I I and I loved what she said on the show. I know many women were encouraged to get such authentic information from her about breast cancer, and and just how to face life after a mastectomy. So um, so that's a really amazing story that she shares. Now, as far as your story goes, take us back to the 1960s and 70s when you were being called into ministry. That That's a long time ago. Oh, I tell you what, I remember the night um, we decided, my friend and I, we lived in Salinas, California, and uh, I was serving as a pastor of the church, and I really felt a calling in my life to go beyond that youth pastor leadership into ministry. And so what I did is I, the young man that I was my closest friend, I said, you feel the same way I do? And he said, yes. And so we decided just to, uh, in those days, the, the church was unlocked, and uh, they didn't lock the church. They trusted everybody, and that was the season that we lived in. And so we just opened the side door of the church, and we decided to stay all night and pray. Make a long story short, about 4 o'clock in the morning, I looked at my friend, whose name was Bill, and I said, have you, have you heard anything from God? And he goes, nothing at all. And so I just went to the desk, the pulpit, and stood there, and I said, God, I don't know what to do, but Lord, I know you've called me to the ministry. But Lord, I don't know. I wish I could get some time. I'm not a, a verification. I'm not asking for a fleece, but I sure, it sure would help. And... Yeah. um and most people, it's it's dated, and I know that we don't usually practice this, but I was a 19-year-old kid, and standing behind the desk that night at 3 o'clock in the morning at my wit's end, and I just said, Lord, I'm going to open the Bible. And, oh. Father, wherever my finger lights on that Bible, Lord, this is what you want for me. Now, I realize that's not, not how God works, but at that time, he did. That was how he worked. And so I closed my eyes, and my friend was out in the audience or where the chairs were praying, and I closed my eyes, and then I placed my finger in the Bible, and we had a Thompson Chain Bible that I was that was mine. You're going to have to hurry. Eyes, we're going to we're going to go to break. I'm in suspense. Yeah, we it, my finger landed right in the Thompson Chain reference section where he said, "Go preach." And oh, was, you're oh, kidding! Thank God. <laughs> Okay, we're going to go to the break, but I don't want to forget to mention Shepherd's Heart Ministry. It's called, I want to make sure I get it right, uh, www.theshepherdsheart.org and kathycrafty.com. This is where we speak truth with the Texas Twang, and we'll be right back to talk to some more to Pastor Deal. So stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. 
You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door and the next house over is a grocery store. Hi, this is Kathy. As women, we have a lot to ponder, but even the toughest topics are easier when we open up authentically and share our tenderest wisdom with each other. During this break, I want to mention a special way you can help other women. You can sign up for our blog and share it with your friends. Our podcasts are designed to create tools to talk about the toughest topics at home or at work. You can help by going to Kathy Craffy, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, dot com. We hope you love sharing these conversational adventures as much as we love bringing in experts to tell their stories and share their wisdom. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. My parents are getting older and I want to be there to help. But sometimes I spend more time taking care of them than my own family. It's starting to put pressure on my marriage, and I feel like I'm ignoring my kids. My parents need help. I need help. My mom wants to stay at home, but she honestly can't handle it on her own anymore. I've been taking care of her, but I just want to be her daughter again. I know mom feels the same way. I'm not sure where to turn. If you're struggling to care for your parents, you're not alone. Home Instead Senior Care can help. With personalized service and a personal touch, our caregivers will help your parents stay in the place they call home. Home Instead Senior Care. To us, it's personal. to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, we're talking to Pastor James Dill, a dear friend of ours and a well-known pastor in this region. He has pastored several churches and they've just grown mushroomed really. God has blessed you, Pastor. And as we went Thank to the you. break, yeah, as we went to the break, we were talking about how some of the challenges that pastors face and it got me thinking, you know how much we love seeing families foster companionship and fellowship. That's what we're about here at Camp Crafty. And I was thinking as a as a lay person, share some of your experiences just so that as lay people, we can get a feel for what it means to like your kids and your wife and what you experience when you come home Sunday after the sermon. Well, a lot of times in ministry, and again, we know that everyone has a vocation. Everyone is called to do something. And a lot of times, if a minister begins to share his heart, he's misunderstood and saying, woe is me. That is what he's saying. But that isn't the case because we respect every thing or person or individual that goes into a particular program and walk in life. But the, the problem or the challenge that lies in ministry is that when you stand up on Sunday morning, you must put on the, the, the happiness. 
And you must look at the congregation realizing as you're preaching, it doesn't matter what you have gone through the day before or the week before, you are ministering to a group of people that you visit with and are ministered to for only one week. And what you have to do, whether someone has died in the family, whatever, you must continue to go because you are making spiritual impact upon that individual, and they're watching every move that you make. For example, almost 17, this is according to George Barna statistics, George Barna said that 1,700 pastors every month leave a ministry. George Barna also made the statement that uh, over over 7,500 Christian churches in America close every year. And so we see that there is a challenge, and why is all this happening? Because they, pastors, sometimes don't know where to turn. And I please don't misunderstand me here. You, the, the concept, pastors feel sorry for this, that's not the idea. But they go through challenges, and they must be the one at the graveside that say, it's, it's okay. God mm-hmm. has a greater plan. They must go with a couple through divorce, and they have to look at them, and even when they're experiencing challenges, perhaps, with their mm. family or their children, and they must say, it's going to be all right. And then you go back home, and who do you have to speak with? And that's where Shepherd's Heart, of course, and we'll speak later on about that, the ministry I'm in. That's where I come in. I try, along with a group of other people, put together a group of men and women that can be encouragers, not only to pastors and pastors' wives, but to laymen as well, because everyone in this world, even though people and personalities in the Old and New Testament had moments uh, and seasons of discouragement. It's so true, and mental health is one of those issues we just don't get enough attention for, and yet we're trying very hard to to get resources and get the message out here in East Texas that we do have good opportunities for people to get help with their mental health, no matter what walk of life they're in. I mean, I think uh, one of the, one of the episodes we did with Colleen Long dealt with depression and so forth. So if you're struggling with that and listening, I want you to remember we have resources even on at Camp Crafty where you can get some help just from listening to other people who've been through that. Now, as Pastor, tell me, what is one of the most encouraging things that you've ever experienced being in your long years of working with people as God led you into all these different churches from Hawaii to East Texas, all over the place, really? And Canada. In Canada. I mean, that's a big stretch of miles and a lot of different cultural perspectives there. What is some, what's some of the most encouraging things that have ever happened to you when you felt that you just weren't sure you could do another Sunday? Well, there comes a time, and the Word of God says, having done all to stand, then stand. That wow. is applicable to every person on planet Earth. Whenever you do everything you can, then you turn it over to God. And um, whenever we moved to Tyler, we moved to a struggling but wonderful congregation. Make a long story short, we went seven years without any growth, anyone accepting Christ, decisions made for Christ. It was a very tough time. And I remember God interceded, and that's how God works. He builds a bridge over the chasms of life, and he says, I'm going to encourage you at the moment you 
feel all is lost and there is no hope. And I remember one day as I walked into the little church here in Tyler, and I, it was in the month of August, and I walked forward and I lifted the window up and I just began to cry. Very seldom do I get emotional like that. But the mm. Lord spoke to me genuinely mm. and told me an exact direction. And I'm not, yes, I am getting spiritual. Uh, he shared with me exactly what I needed to do to correct the things that were going wrong and with the church and myself. And mm. within three months' time, God blessed the little church from 125 in attendance and uh, nobody being accepting Christ. In one year, rather, it went to over 1,300 in attendance, and we had every Sunday people that experienced salvation at our altars. I'm saying that probably the highlight is the intervention of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in the times of crisis. It says, in the time of trouble, God will hide us in his pavilion. He said, come unto me, all you that labor, and I will give you rest. Now, that is applicable not only to the pastors, but it's applicable to everyone that is a born-again child of God. Mm. That is so beautiful. I love that that idea that you could go from being so discouraged that you would cry out and just cry before the Lord, and within a year have every Sunday uh, people coming to know more about Jesus at the altar of your little oh, yeah. bitty church. I mean, I love that. That that is so clearly God's spirit being. He often does move, it seems, with tears. I, I don't know why that is, but I've noticed it over the years. When God is yes. moving, people are often crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind it's of broken, sweet, isn't it? I guess. Emotions. Yeah, and God yeah. gives us emotions, and He blessed us with emotions for purpose. I love that. I, I so appreciate that story. Well, as you're thinking about your own story and all that you and Miss Linda have been through together, give us a hint on what makes a great marriage. I might as well just ask that, <laughs> as long as I've got you on the line. Yeah, or you're asking in this segment. What, yeah, what makes your story. What makes, you know, what makes it work with the two of you? Because y'all are such a team. She is, well, number one, she is awesome. And I know that um, whenever you, we say that, everybody has awesome, an awesome spouse. But she has been, whenever I, uh, when I, we lived in the Sunday school rooms in, in California because we didn't have a parsonage to live in, my oh, wife wow. said, I'll go out and work. My wife said, I'll go out and work. And so she went to work while I tended to the three children at home. And um, she would come home and we'd have supper prepared and she'd say, how is everything going? And I would tell her it was going good, and she came home dog-tired, pardon the expression, and she said, I want to tell you, I'm behind you. I'm with you. Aww. God bless. I pray for you today. And she showed that. And then on Saturday, she was there with the ladies. And so, in other words, the church got two for the price of one. And um, we, we only drew $75 a month at that time from the church, but God blessed her, us, and God pri- used her primarily to lead the charge to make me uh, the person that I am today. Of course, God, and then my spouse, Linda. Oh, what a I team. love that. What a team. I know. I cannot imagine living in the Sunday school rooms. I mean, she is amazing. I did not know that story. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> we lived in Sunday school rooms at two locations that we pastored. But, and this is not be living on a pity party. These are, these are growing pains. 
And what yeah. you do, if you, if you face those with saying, God, you have a better place. You know, the valley, you're going to take us through that valley. And if we look forward to believing and trusting God, then you reflect back on that valley and say, oh, God, it was a wonderful journey because you taught me something that just uh, someone has it handed to them will never be able to appreciate. And that was experience and patience that you've helped me with to learn. Well, I love that because if anybody's listening, especially if you're married to a pastor or you are a pastor and you feel discouraged today, it's so wonderful to hear somebody who's been through it. You know, to look at your life, Pastor Dill, we would just see all the success. We wouldn't see the valleys. We would just see the high points. And I could have easily done that at the opening segment, read all your, it was long, so I just didn't want to waste a bunch of time with that. I know how humble you are, and I know you didn't want me to do that. But the the valleys are really the place where we're losing pastors and, and their families are so discouraged, even if they hang in there. So that's what I wanted to be sure that you and I shared some of that today as I talked to you. We have about two minutes left. I want to be sure I mention one more time, Shepherd, it's called www.theshepherdsheart, and there's no apostrophe in that, .org. They are getting a revamp on their website. So if you go there and you don't find what you need, don't forget, you can find it at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F-V-E dot com. And we, we will have this blog and all the hyperlinks and, and back to the shepherdsheart.org. They're in the midst of some growth right now as we speak. So that's pretty exciting. They have fun events coming up and so many resources for pastors and their families and for churches. So if you want to encourage your pastor, be sure and check out what they're offering. And if you find their websites in, uh, it's under, what do you call that? Under reconstruction? Uh, just just come to I, me and, yeah. and I'll, I'll connect yeah. you. Yeah. Okay, so we have one minute left. Pastor, sum it up. What is the most important thing that you want to share with my listening friends today about being a pastor and his family and how to minister to them? Well, you have to roll with the flow every day that you live. And, of course, that is in the secular world as well. But um, you cannot let obstacles or circumstances. And Paul and the Lord made it very clear, if you're going to meet what God is and do what God is wanting you to do, you must be willing to face the circumstances, ask God daily for direction, and don't throw in the towel. And so many times, if we're not, if we're not careful, rather, if we're not careful, we begin to look at circumstances as, as various people in the Old and New Testament did, and that became their demise. So oh, here we go. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That is the answer. Perfect. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for being with me. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, God in peace.